We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He is a former Denver Bronco himself, former NFL safety, former NFL assistant coach, now with the Nick Ferguson Show. Nick Ferguson joins us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Nick, welcome to the show, bud. Well, thanks for having me, Nick. Well, listen, when Keith said he's a former NFL player, I was sold. But when he said his name is also Nick, I was really sold. I was like, he's a former NFL player and his name is Nick. Let's book him right now. Well, that's talking about the best of uh, both worlds. So uh, when I was told I was coming on with another Nick, I said myself, let's get it done. Look at that. This is the way we start. I, I started an interview with a guy yesterday, and I tried to have fun yeah. with him, and it, it went over like a oh, lead tell, balloon. Tell him who it was. It was Mike Tannenbaum. <laughs> oh, oh, I am well fond of uh, Mike Tannenbaum, who once upon a time cut me from uh, the New York Jets. Yes. Mm. So I know Mike Tannenbaum all too well. That's all right. He cut me off at the knees trying to have fun yesterday. Uh, <laughs> let's start with the Nuggets because I feel like the Nuggets are who the Cavs could be in a couple years. This team that every year we ask, is this the year? Is this the year that they break through, go to an NBA Finals, and really compete for an NBA title? How do you feel about this team's chance to really transcend, take that next level, and maybe win a title with a dad bod god? Well, I, I tell you what, you know, both teams are really talented. When I look at the team and how it's been assembled there in Cleveland, uh, you have some nice pieces. I know you guys moved on from Kevin Love, sending him down to uh, Miami, but Darius Garland, uh, Donovan Minchie, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, these are very talented guys. But the problem that they face when they run up against the Nuggets is that guy in the middle by the name of Nikola Jokic. I mean, right now when you look at uh, how he is – assisting and getting other people involved, third in the NBA in assists. And that offense, Mike Malone's offense, flows through Nikola Jokic. And this is a guy who can see the entire court. I mean, he has a perimeter game. He can shoot the mid-range game. And then if you want to go play on a low block, I mean, he can take you to school. So it's going to be a tall task uh, for the Cavs tonight. But here's the one thing that's in the Cavs' favor. When you look at the Nuggets and how they performed on the road, they are 14 and 14. That's something Coach Malone has preached about changing the environment with his team, but this is where the Cavs may have home field advantage. So let's get to the real important question. Who's better, Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid? Well, it all depends on what your taste is, and both guys are really exceptional. But I like Joel Embiid. I take a lot of heat here in Denver, but here's why I like Joel Embiid, because I like a guy who can play both ends of the floor. And when we look at the two MVPs that Nikola Jokic has won, it has been because there was no Jamal Murray, so all the votes kind of went his way. Then also, when you look at Joel Embiid, a great guy. He has the same game as though Nikola Jokic has, but the only thing is health is always an issue with Joel Embiid, and that's kind of keeping him out of the MVP conversation. But you're talking about everything being equal, both guys being healthy, give me Joel Embiid. Well, I was totally setting you up there for a complete pander answer, and then you said the thing that I actually think, because I, I think I think Joel Embiid is to the point where it's disrespected. Not saying that 
Nikola doesn't deserve every bit of credit and every bit of the love that he gets. I just think Joel Embiid deserves the same. Well, I'm right there with you. Uh, once again, I fight that battle so much by myself here in Denver. And it's not, not no shade towards Nikola Jokic, but just looking at what Joel and Embiid has done in the NBA. And when we look at today's NBA, we don't see a lot of, you know, centers as though we've seen in the past, right? These are centers that can shoot the three-point shot, and they kind of change the game. And Joel, just like you said, he has been disrespected. There have been years where he should have been in that conversation, but it's Nikola Jokic. But here in Denver, the whole idea is Nikola Jokic is going for his third MVP, but I still think you need to talk about Giannis being in that conversation as well. Nick, I do want to get to some Broncos talk here, and more specifically, you've got such a cool uh, perspective on everything because you've played, you've coached, who you've played and coached with, I think also is going to add a lot to the conversation, but I, I, I can't, I can't get away from this conversation without asking you about Nuggets head coaches, uh, Mike Malone, in his comments saying that this All-Star game was the worst game of basketball he's ever seen. Did you agree with Coach? And, and what was the reaction in Denver to him openly and, and quite honestly, fairly, uh, just trashing the NBA All-Star game despite being the team LeBron coach? Well, you do have people on both sides, people who are for it and people who are against it. Uh, for me, I love the comments that Coach Malone made because, to me, I, I like someone who's going to be real, he's going to be upfront, he's going to be transparent about what they believe, and he's absolutely right. We watch that game every single year hoping to see something different. It's almost like when we watch the NFL Pro Bowl. We want something different. We want to be entertained. Listen, I get the high-flying dunks. I get the three-point shots. But I, I'm, I'm kind of old school in this mentality because Kobe Bryant once said, when you play in the All-Star game, you have to play defense. And he was picking the pockets of guys, blocking shots. That's what I want to see, right? I want to see those types of games in the NBA for the, for the NBA All-Star. You still can entertain, you know, the fans and the people at home by playing great defense. And Coach Malone is right, man. It, 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 it just kind of got out of hand because no one was playing defense. Everyone was getting out of the way, and I know we can consider it to be a mid-season classic and everyone was trying to play for that playoff push. But come on, man, entertain us a little more because we, play, we pay top dollar to see you guys play. Get out there and play. Play some freaking defense. Nick Ferguson, former Denver Bronco, former NFL safety, former NFL coach, now in the media with the Nick Ferguson Show on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So I know there's a few different ways we can go with this. I, I know you're in Denver, but you know not only did you play there, you played for Mike Shanahan. You, you got to see Kyle Shanahan up close as a young assistant and then as a head coach when you were an assistant coach in 2018. So there's been so much talk about Kyle and about his ability, about his you know his head coaching ability. I just is the hype with Kyle justified to the level that it's been that he's kind of the the wonder boy of the NFL. Yeah, it's, it's all justified. Just look at what uh, the team had to go through this year as far as at the quarterback position. How, how, many, how many coaches that could have gone or were down to their fourth team quarterback would have even been in the playoffs? I mean, you look at Sean McVay, who has been given the title of boy genius. Once Matthew Stafford was down, what happened to that team? 
So you you got you have to give not only Kyle, but you have to give my former teammate and GM of John Lynch some credit because when you start suffering those types of injuries, you have to go and put a makeshift offense and defense together and try to get out there and win games. So I had the ability to sit in the room with Kyle. I mean, I've sat down with his, his father, Mike. Those two guys eat, breathe, and sleep nothing but football 24-7. So smart individuals, but if you gave Brock Park or helped you Brock Purdy in that game against the Eagles, then the outcome would have been a lot different. But think about that. Brock Purdy and all his fame that he is sustained thus far, yes. I mean, did he go in and he orchestrated the offense as Kyle has dictated? Yes, he did. But Kyle helped him along by finding nuances in the scheme to establish Christian McCaffrey in the run game and get those other weapons involved. All right, so now I'm going to ask you the even tougher question here because on that 2018 staff that you were a part of, three future head coaches, and to this point, because I'm sure that Kyle seems to, to, to get a couple new head coaches every year now, but you had D'Amico Ryans, Robert Sala, and Mike McDaniel all on that staff. Who's going to yeah. be the best head coach of those three guys? Wow, the best head coach of those guys. I would love to say D'Amico because they, down in Houston, they have a lot of draft capital. They have a lot of young players, and they have a couple first-round picks uh, in this upcoming draft. But the way I look at first-round draft choices, we never know what they're going to be until that third or fourth year. And sometimes as a head coach, you may not last that long. So I would say if anyone, it would have to be Mike McDaniels. When you, when you look at what Mike McDaniels was able to do when he was with the San Francisco 49ers, that played a major role in how successful the team was, but also led to him getting a head coaching job with the Miami Dolphins as well. And at the beginning of the season last year, the Dolphins were rolling. The only thing that kind of disrupted things, once again, injuries at the quarterback position, Tua Tagovailoa, and then Teddy Bridgewater. If they can get a healthy quarterback or get a healthy Tua, they have enough uh, offensive guys, the speed and the versatility, and defensively with Big Fangio going down there to really make a run. So I would ask to say Mike McDaniels. Nick, I'm going to ask you this because you played on the defensive side of the ball, but you played for a couple of the best offensive head coaches of all time, uh, the Shanahan's. Um, when you see the the way the the NFL is now designed around the offenses, and pretty much your best chance to to be an NFL head coach is if you've ever had breakfast with Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay. <laughs> Does it bug you that the that that head coaching hires now skew so much on the offensive side of the ball, and and really great defensive coordinators have to just do twice the work to get that job? Yeah, as a defensive player and a defensive coach, yeah, it gets under my skin because I know the league is considered to be uh, an offensive and a quarterback-driven league, and the defensive guys don't really get any love because the idea is that if, if you're coaching against those guys and you can stop them, that means that, hey, you're worth your salt and you need to get your opportunities. But in this league, those owners, they want points. They, they want the, the face of the franchise, and, and nine times out of ten – the face of the franchise is not your linebacker, it's not your edge rushers, and it's not your safeties. It's always the quarterback. So the league is always going to lean heavily in that direction. I'm hoping that with Robert Sala, if he's able to turn things around in New York and we're able to see some changes with D'Amico down in Houston, now teams and owners will look at defensive coaches a little different. 
Nick, I'm asking you this question because I saw on your Twitter you you tweeted out about Mike Westhoff, the uh, the the all time yeah. great special teams coach, longtime Jets special teams coach, and and you talked about him joining the staff in Denver and about what a great special teams coach he was. Well, we just hired uh, Ray Ventron, who played during your era as the special teams coach here in Cleveland. So I'm just curious, as a guy who didn't play in the NFL, I'm always curious, like, what are the ingredients that make up a great special teams coach? Well, it starts with being able to teach your players. Because when you think about a head coach, he has to delegate the responsibilities and oversee all his coaches. There are position coaches. But with a special teams coach, I mean, he's coaching more players. I mean, he's coaching offensive line, wide receivers, DBs, long snappers, punters. So, so he has so much on his on his plate. But it's, it, you have to be a guy that can motivate other guys to go out there and exceed expectations. Because there's a lot of guys who don't want to play special teams or don't even know how to because they're so consumed with being a starter. No, no, no. If you're not a starter, you're cutting your teeth on special teams. I did that for three years in New York under Mike Westhoff, and it was no nonsense. I mean, he wanted perfection. So as a special teams coach, you have to demand and command perfection from your players. And if you don't get it, as Bill Parcells would say, either you get it or you get gone. Nick Ferguson, longtime NFL uh, safety, longtime NFL assistant coach on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So that does bring us to the Sean Payton era in Denver. And it felt like last year you traded for Russell. There were these huge expectations. I'm just curious, between what was a really disappointing first year with Russ in uh, Denver and then the hire of one of the most well-thought-of coaches in the NFL, where are the hype-slash-expectations for the Broncos moving forward under Sean Payton? Well, for me, I, I first start off by tempering expectations. The reason I do that because I know how difficult it is to bring in another system and learn that system and be able to hit the ground running. Usually it takes two years, whether it's offensive, defensively, for you to really see how well that offensive coordinator and that quarterback can actually do work. I'll, I'll go back for a second. When you look at Matt Ryan, when, he, when Kyle Shanahan first got to the Atlanta Falcons, Matt just wanted to throw the ball. Kyle said, hey, listen, if you listen to me and just run the ball, we'll get you to the promised land. You'll be the MVP of this league, and we'll get you to the Super Bowl. That next year, what happened? MVP of the league for Matt Ryan. The Falcons were in the Super Bowl. They lost to the Patriots, but the whole idea is that believing in the system and having that system to be in place. So it's going to take some time, but I believe in both Sean Payton and Russell Wilson that if they are able to get on the same page, coupled with the defense that we have here in Denver – Things are going to change. I'm not predicting, and I'm, I'm not one for predictions, but I would say that this would be a competitive team this year and possibly a playoff team at best. Man, you and I need to get in on some of that Walmart money. I just, I just, I mean, I'm just so envious of Sean Payton. Hey, man, you can be a little like you see that Walmart paycheck coming through for Sean Payton, and even though he's, he deserves it, you can be a little yeah. envious, right? Well, yeah, when you, when you think about it, Nathaniel Hackett's contract, I believe it was four years worth $17 million, right? Sean Payton gets that in one year. He gets 17 per. So that tells you uh, right there. And listen, uh, the Walter Penner family, man, they have deep pockets, and I'm right there with you. I would love some of that money. If they want to give it away, 
I will not turn it down. And I'd really like it if they gave me $17 million a year to not work. <laughs> like, I'd love to be an NFL head coach, but I'd like to make that money to not work more. Nick, great stuff, man. Really appreciate your time and enjoy not just tonight's basketball game, but another uh, exciting offseason for the Broncos. You guys do the same. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.